110 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan on the football field. We don't want to coach average. We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome back, everybody, to Buckeye Bar Guys here on Buckeye Bar Talk. I'm Mike. And I'm John. And tonight's date is uh, Tuesday, February 28th, last night of uh, February. Uh, so we start March tomorrow. Uh, 2023, and uh, we're going to discuss, uh, um, talk a little bit about the combine uh, that's getting ready to come up. Uh, some of the Buckeyes from last year that are going to be participating. Um, just some of our thoughts with that, and then uh, we're going to start as uh, spring football is uh, quickly coming up on us. As we're going to get into some of our spring football thoughts, we're going to start on the offensive side of the ball. And then on the next episode, we will talk about the defense. So uh, let's get into it. So combine, uh, obviously, uh, you know, this time of year is not only uh, known for spring practice around here or March madness around here, but you know, the NFL off season is beginning to really mm-hmm. kick into start to kick into gear. Um, you know, if you kind of look around the league, you've kind of seen some of the teams uh, talking about starting to talk about like which players they're going to be cutting and stuff coming up over the next couple of months. Um, but that means combine and then sh- in short order draft and, you know, and free agencies mixed in there. Um, so, you know, combine, we got, uh, you know, you know, you got uh, you guys like JSN, you got the, uh, Zach Harrison, CJ Paris. Uh, so we got a lot of, uh, you know, big names that have been pretty, uh, you know, big staples around here for several years. Uh, going to be kind of showing their stuff. Uh, kind of be interesting to see how some of it goes. Uh, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how, you know, Jackson Smith uh, does, you know, if he's, uh, you know, looking like he's ready without being out as long as he's been out, uh, you know, Zach Harrison, uh, you know, and Dewan, they both have had a lot of, uh, you know, they they've been showcased a lot on the social media circuits. It seems like with, uh, some, uh, pretty incredible, uh, you know, feats that they've been doing. Um, obviously I'm kind of looking forward to seeing where Dawn falls, you know, in that can he sneak into the first round? I think there's a possibility of that. And obviously the big one, CJ, you know, where's, uh, you know, you know, there's been talks, you know, is he the first quarterback off the board? Is he the third quarterback off the board? Now, I mean, it changes every week. It seems like now it's four. He might be the fourth quarterback off the board. So it is the funny season. I mean, obviously I've, I've said this a million times. I don't know if I've ever said this on this, uh, on our show, but I know I've said it to you to other people that if, uh, if some of these guys that have, uh, you know, these draft gurus that work for these TV networks, if they were as good as they, you know, as everybody says they were, they'd be working for an NFL team, making more money than they do for, you know, that's not taking anything away from them. I know, you know, the, 
the Mel Kuyper Jr. fans of the world <coughs> and the Todd McShane He doesn't. Fans. They don't have any fans. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, so, uh, but like, you know, yeah, I think, uh, you know, a big time organization would have hired him, you know, if, uh, if they were as, uh, as much of groovers or where this stuff goes as uh, they like to think they are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, so I agree with you. I'm, I'm interested with CJ. Um, I know alphabetically he's going to be right behind Anthony Richardson. So that's going to be very interesting just to see how they look kind of one right after the other in certain workouts, like in the 40 yard dash. I don't know if that's going to look great for CJ, but in throwing drills, you know, I think he's going to overshadow AR 15 that went in front of him. So it's going to be interesting because I think that, you know, CJ really can help his draft status. I don't, I don't know if he can hurt his draft stock because CJ is what he is. You know, it's like Bryce young. I think people, they just feel like, I don't know if he's the most complete quarterback. He can create the most though. And throwing wise, you know, he's better than Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, but he still has that dynamic of being an athlete. Um, but he's also, you know, measured in at five, 10 and a half, 194 pounds. So, yeah. and he does not have a big frame whatsoever. So I, I don't know. No. I mean, I don't, and he's had, he's, I mean, he's had injury issues at Alabama. I mean, he's, he's gotten dinged up a few times. And Kyler Murray so, wasn't big by any stretch of the imagination, but Kyler Murray at least was kind of th- thick, you know, like he had a foundation to him. Bryce Young's small. CJ's not small. CJ's the best thrower, I think, out of any of them. I mean, he just has the best touch on the ball. Um, I don't know, you know, I don't know if CJ has the arm strength, like he can't throw a ball through a wall, like I'm sure Anthony Richardson can or Will Levis, but doesn't matter if you can throw a ball through a wall, if you can't hit a receiver in their hands or, you know, if they can't catch the ball. So I think that's going to be interesting. I'm with you on Dewan though. I mean, there is a lot of people for years that were like, oh my gosh, this guy is, you know, a mountain. He's three or six, eight, 380 pounds, whatever it is. And I always kind of thought, I'm like, yeah, but he's not really refined. You know, like I thought Dewan yeah. going into this year, I really thought Dewan was going to have a really hard time probably being like a fourth round draft pick. And now I think he has a legitimate opportunity and chance that he could sneak into the first round, which is crazy to think. It's crazy to say. Um, the one I'm really that's sticking out to me, I mean, Zach Harrison, I think that's interesting too, because how high can he get himself if he is the athletic freak that we know he is in this? Uh, Cam Brown, though, like Cam Brown is athletically, you know, as gifted as anyone else, but he's just been killed by injuries his entire career. So, yeah, can he use this to get himself drafted? Because if he looks bad, he's probably undrafted, but yeah, no, I definitely, yeah, I could see that. Uh, you know, the thing with, uh, just like coming back to Dewad for a minute, um, you know, the thing with him is that, uh, you know, yeah, he is very, I think he's been raw for a lot of his career and, you know, but over the last several years, what's been his biggest issue? It's always just been. It's just getting the couple fundamental things down, the mental mistakes down. I mean, he, he makes false starts. 
dude rarely holds. Yeah. It's almost impossible to get around him. I mean, he is not ever with the exception a little bit last year when um, Michigan's defensive ends and they both, they had two very good defensive ends, you know, you know, did make some noise in that game, you know, against uh, CJ and Ann Arbor. So not this past year, but the year prior to that, but outside of that, you know, Tawana really has not like, there's not like any like really glaring moments. Like I'm trying to think they're really over the list the last couple of years that really comes to my head that I've been like, yeah, he was dominated in that game. He like, you know, I mean, he hasn't really given up a lot of sacks. He's hard as hell to get around, but the guy has very good footwork for as big as he is. And, you know, and I think they've kind of showed at different times when, you know, we obviously we've had our questions with the stretch runs and stuff like that. You know, I don't necessarily think him or Paris are necessarily great in those type of blocking schemes. I don't think our running backs always are that great running in those schemes, but when those guys were told that they have to, you know, go straight up, go knock somebody on their butt, you know, a linebacker mm-hmm. and they're not having to do the stretch stuff, you know, both of them are very good at that. And, you know, Dewan, I thought, especially as the season really started, you know, in the couple of times where they would get bogged down running the ball, you know, I thought he was kind of a bright spot. A lot of times this year, you know, when they would let him just go out and, you know, be athletic and go block somebody. And I mean, how many times did he pancake somebody and, you know, come downhill hard on somebody. Um, So I really think that, you know, he has great footwork can't teach that stuff. He has, you know, obviously he's got the size. I mean, you, that's on that. You can't teach. You don't teach six, eight. I mean, is the guy ever going to be a left tackle? No, I don't think so. But could he be a real legitimate right tackle in this league and get drafted in the first round? You know? Yeah, I think he could. Uh, You know, I think he is a possible, bottom half of the first round, bottom third of the first round type of guy. Mm-hmm. And that means he's going to be playing for, uh, you know, I could see somebody, you know, a Baltimore, you know, even a Cincinnati, a, a team that's going to be, you know, drafting later that have made the playoffs. They, that you know, could use, you know, an offensive lineman that could be like, yeah, I'm going to go draft him. I can get rid of maybe of, you know, down the road. Now I can get rid of maybe somebody that's making a little bit more money. You know, that could be a cap casualty. And here I got this guy that could possibly be a star for me for the next decade Yeah. because, you know, and he's just, he's got a lot of unteach. Uh, he's got a lot of things that you just don't can't teach. And, you know, and I think, you know, in the NFL, you're going to have a lot less of that. I think, uh, no huddles and stuff like that, as you see in the, in college. So, you know, that might, I think a lot of that sometimes that, you know, he's a big dude and when you are going slow and then going fast, it's kind of hard to, you know, get into position. A lot of his false starts and stuff were just that he wasn't in position fast enough and, you know, or just got out of his, or they like, took too long getting the snap off because they had to look to the sideline. A lot of this, that stuff goes away in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with that. So yeah, I'm, I'm probably, I'm interested in him, him and Kian Brown really stick out to me. 
And, you know, and then just, you know, quickly on Jackson Smith, it'd just be really interesting. He could fall anywhere where, you know, if, uh, if he, you know, he didn't get the, the one bad thing about not playing this year is that, you know, you didn't get to kind of be that, uh, I mean, the NFL and a lot of these things are, what have you done for me lately type things? Yeah. And, you know, he didn't get to showcase himself. So this is a very important, you know, time for him, you know, the combine and whatever, you know, draft workouts he do- does because, you know, he needs to show not only the teams that he's healthy, but that, yeah, you know, he, that he's not got a bunch of rust on him that, you know, makes him look a step slow or whatever, where he could fall down on a draft board because, you know, they just, uh, they think that, uh, you know, you kind of forgot about what he could do, you know? Yeah. They could go back and look at the film of the Rose bowl, but you know, that was a while ago and there were some big games this year that he wasn't a part of that, you know, you know, I'm not saying anything against him or anything like that, but you know, there's, uh, some of that stuff is in there when, you know, again, like I said, you know, you got to put stuff on tape a lot. For, you know, to get drafted. And that's what these scouts are looking for. You know, what can this guy do? Right. And, and if he can run a mid four, four, I think he'll be fine. I think he'd stay. Yeah, I, I think he stays in the first round, possibly high first round. I don't know what it would take for him. Like I going into this year, I couldn't fathom him not being a first round wide receiver. So it's still hard for me to think that there is a possibility. He slips to the second round. If he were, though, I mean, that's going to be a steal for someone to get in the second round. That's for sure. But I think if he can run a mid four, four, and if he decides to do the three cone drill, I know like no receivers did it last year. Um, I think that's probably the most impressive one he can do, though. Just no one like his short area change of directions insane. And he will just blow everyone away if he does that for them. So maybe yeah. maybe he saves it for Ohio State's pro day. But that's definitely one that, you know, he, he can really, really showcase what and something he can like, do. And something like that would also, it would go probably could go along if he's up to doing it, it could go a long way of either way, whether he does it or not, does it, it could add questions to the pile or it could add, you know, certainty to the pile that'd be like, okay, his hamstrings looking good. Well, and, I mean, of know, course, you know, he's going to get a physical there too. Like they're going to, look at the hamstring. So hopefully all good things come from that as well. Yeah. All right. Anything else uh, you want to touch on combine? I mean, like I said, this is going to be, uh, you know, we'll be talking a lot more NFL over the next several weeks as, uh, as we start pushing towards the draft and kind of figure out where some of these guys are going to end up going. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we just kind of wanted to touch on this as, uh, you know, this kind of, you know, with spring practice here and stuff like that, sometimes the combine can kind of sneak up on you and you're like, Oh God, I didn't, I completely forgot today was the combine or, you know, whatever in March madness. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's important for, you know, the next batch of uh, Ohio state back guys that are uh, going to head, go off to the next level. Yep. Now, now I'm good. I'm ready to move on to the next thing. It's been a while though. So, you know, we had to, we had to touch on the combine and some things because, it's been a minute since any, everyone's seen us. Yeah. Um, all right. So we know spring practice is uh, right around the corner. Yep. Um, 
a lot of uh, probably out of anywhere on the entire team. I think the most questions are definitely on the offensive side of the football. Obviously the biggest question is the quarterback position, but you have other questions in there too, with offensive tackle, I think is a big one. And, you know, maybe not as much anymore offensive line as a whole. I think there's some uh, solidification within the guard positions and possibly the center position, even with uh Whipler leaving, you know, I think there's uh, you know, there are players there. I think the outside is where a lot of uh, people are going to be really focused. Um, you know, receivers, you know, you feel good about receivers and we feel good about running back, but it's just, there is also a lot of uncertainty there just because it's such, such a deep position. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Dave's already said that Trey's pretty much out for the spring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's not, yeah, he's not practicing. So, you know, but we know Williams was hurt at the end of the year. We know Pryor's been hurt. How, how's he looking coming back? Is he going to play do anything in the spring? You know, is a Dallin pretty much right now is pretty much the, the go-to back until everybody else gets a little healthy. So that'll be interesting there, but obviously let's uh, start off with the, uh, I think the one that uh, we're going to be, everybody's going to be focused on is going to be the quarterback battle. Yeah. I mean, I'm real excited for it. I think you got two really great young players. You never know what they're going to be till they're something, but um, Devin Brown is a little bit more cocky is not the word I'm looking for, but he's a little bit more um, vocal about mm-hmm. how he feels about himself. I think McCord's a little bit more cerebral, maybe just, you know, quiet quiet assassin that type of guy um, just goes to work and, you know, puts in the work and, does what he has to do. I th- I mean, it, it's going to be, I think, a really, really great battle. I think it's good for both of them. I think we're going to get a great quarterback, whomever it is. I hope the other one doesn't leave because we really need that depth, and I want the, that guy on this team. Um, I would imagine just because of the extra year in the program, you know, even though it's a, it's a true battle, I think Kyle McCord's, you're getting your – first snaps you know with your ones but it might be a straight 50 50 split with the ones though um that that's the only real fair way to do it but i'm not sure if that's i think rep number one though will go to kyle as long as he's healthy i don't see why not um but devin you know from what i've heard you know kyle might have like a stronger arm than what Devin does. I know Devin can throw the ball real well. We've saw in last year's spring game, Devin is a pretty um, good athlete, you know, that he can make, he can make things happen with his feet. He wants to make things happen with his feet, which kind of goes against, you know, the last quarterback that um, CJ that, you know, with right within Ryan day's system, Kyle's been working out from what I've read with some speed coaches though. So he's trying to improve that part of his game as well. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're going to, you're going to get a good player either way, but it's, it's yeah. going to be a, it's going to be a good showdown. And I think the only fair way is if you do a 50, 50 split with the ones. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but I will say the one thing and, I don't always like speculating just because, you know, speculation is speculation. 
and try to read between the lines. I mean, you really couldn't take much out of Ryan Day's press conference that he had a couple weeks ago, but he did say he would like to have a guy picked by the end of the spring. And, you know, so I think that's kind of like his mindset going into her. So that kind of says to me that he probably that I prime accords probably a little bit in front right now, just because, you know, if Ryan, that, if Ryan day announces a fall starter in spring, then I, I really, no, he, <laughs> this has to go into the summer. I'm sorry. That's you can't risk Devin Brown leaving the team. Yeah. I, I mean, I get that. Um, and I mean, obviously we don't know if he will or not. I mean, I think there's a, there's a lot of emphasis put on, you know, obviously the transfer quarterbacks and stuff, but you know, our transfer players, but I think a lot of people, it's also dedicated. I think, you know, Brown probably also looks at it that, you know, he is, you know, McCord's he ends up getting the starter, you know, he, he could be gone after next year. So, you right. know, I mean, it could <laughs> And I'm not, and I'm not saying Devin Brown would leave. I mean, Devin Brown's been on record saying, you know, I came here to compete that I'm not just walking away. Like he's, he said that he's in it for the long haul. I just, you got to get yourself on tape eventually too, though. Yeah. No, I think the, the definitely the big thing is going to be seeing how they are slight. They are different in a lot of ways. But I think they're kind of, uh, I think, I think McCord trusts his legs a little bit more than Stroud does. So I think there is some aspects that he's not as uh, maybe afraid to run that uh, Stroud was. Obviously, he's not going to be, you know, Devin Brown, you know, which is much more, you know, positioned to do that. So, you know, that that's, that's going to put a lot of, you know, kind of work on both, uh, you know, on Heartline and Ryan Day that, you know, finding the right balance to find offenses for these type of players because, you know, you kind of think that, you know, stuff like that, the zone reads and stuff like that are much more in play if Brown's in there. But, you know, is everything, you know, in the passing offense in there, like it probably will be with McCord. And so, like, yeah, there's some there's some definitely question marks on that. And, you know, there was different times <clears throat> last year, you know, we kind of said that kind of seemed like the type of offense that sometimes they were trying to force down the running backs throats, you know, it would maybe be better if you had a running type quarterback in there at Justin Fields. <clears throat> so, I mean, I think if, if they're not, sometimes that if they get, if they get too bullheaded and stubborn on some of their play calling, like, and sometimes it seemed like that they did last year and the previous year that, you know, maybe kind of going back to a, you know, a field style offense, uh, maybe we, the smarter way to go. Yeah. I don't know. I was just kind of, you know, thinking there out loud about that. Yeah, no, and I'm, I can see it either way. So I can't wait for the spring game so I can overreact to uh, one of them having a good <laughs> stat line and one looking to, you know, one not having a good stat line. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to get a good player regardless. It's just, you know, it'll be their first year starting. So you got to take, you got to take that into consideration too. And I think that, you know, we kind of talked about this with, um, <clears throat> with Heartline's promotion is that, you know, I think, you know, 
obviously they're going to have black shirts on them, <clears throat> but I think that, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot more stress tests thrown at them this year than, you know, CJ Stroud had to see in the spring that, cause yeah. I think that, you know, I think Ryan day is going to let the, um, you know, Knowles kind of go at them a little bit because he's, that's also putting a stress test on Heartline to see, you know, can he handle pressure and stuff like that. And I think that, uh, you know, that's going to kind of create some of the game time game situations that, you know, Ryan day wants yeah. to create in this spring, the, you know, obviously you're breaking in a new offensive coordinator and a new quarterback, you know, you got to kind of throw sometimes, you know, you might, you see him kind of get the kitchen sink thrown him in a little bit this year, just because, you know, the spring, just uh, kind of see how they react before heading into summer to get ready for the season. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Um, then we kind of also, you know, the talk, obviously I think the big one after this is, uh, you know, going to be the offensive tackles. tackles. I mean, the offensive line is a whole, yes. But like I said, I think that there's when Matt Jones coming back and you still have Donovan Jackson and there are guys on the team that could take over in the center's role if Matt Jones doesn't take over the center role. So there are players and I think in the middle, um, you would think Fryer is a shoe win on one of the outside positions, but you know, he, he did get a, lot, a decent amount of playing time last year. Um, the inner restaurant's going to be the other one. And not, none of these guys have gotten pretty much any play time. Sorry. Outside any playing time outside, you know, mop up duty. And, you know, and we've talked about that past too, that, you know, sometimes Ryan day, it seems like leaves a little bit to desired at times when it comes to mop up duty, that maybe he needs to start getting some guys in a little earlier, yeah. you know, when, you know, when you know the Toledo's of the world aren't going to come back on you and, you know, but you're still in a position that you can run a full playbook. Yeah. So like, and not you know, be called an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how the tackles, I think really kind of shake out because, you know, I think that's the big one right now. And you need to have, I mean, you remember, I mean, we remember when you think back to like the 2014 season, I mean, and they ended up growing. You, you end up winning the national title. But when you think back to, you know, Virginia tech and even Navy prior to that, you know, they just, that offensive line was so out of whack and, you know, and JT was so out of whack because he had an, not only was he inexperienced, but he had an inexperienced offensive line in front of him. So, you know, that kind of always makes you a little nervous when you have, when you need important pieces that are going to be inexperienced on the, uh, offensive line with an experience at the quarterback. I mean, I don't know what 2014 looks like if the one returning starter is not Taylor Decker. Also, you know, you got, at least you have a left tackle there that, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I think, you know, center, you, you obviously you need to find someone. I think there's guys that can do it. Um, they brought in a guy that can do it. And Jacob James, even though he's been kind of banged up for two years, so I don't know what he has or where he's at. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see why Fryer's not a starting right tackle, but then left tackle. I mean, you know, it's um, Tegra is what, I mean, he's kind of big. I don't know if he's, 
gives you a good option for a left tackle, but maybe he goes right and Josh Fryer goes left. Zen Mahowski's there. I mean, that guy's been, you know, he, he's been a guy and that's think, been on the cusp and you just hope he takes it to the next level. I don't know. I think those are probably the two guys that are probably, you know, would be leading the pack to take the other position. Um, you know, Tagger is kind of the, the raw talent kind of person that, you know, you're kind of hoping that cause he's got a lot of, he's got the body, he's got the, you know, a lot of that stuff. And you're just like hoping that, you know, is he just that, is he that raw deal, the freak that's going to come out and take over where, you know, uh, you know, Zen's a probably a little bit more refined. Um, he's had some actually, he has had some playing time, you know, again, and you know, situations where he hasn't really, uh, you know, where nothing's been needed of him. Um, but you know, probably he's got the, you know, he might not have as high of a, you know, the ceiling, but he might be in a better position to start. Yeah. I mean, you never know. Cause you know, Sometimes when you're dealing with raw talent, you don't know how some of that stuff goes. Right. And I know you don't want to think about a true freshman having to start at a tackle spot, but Luke Montgomery, man, I mean, he might end up being a starting right tackle. And then who knows? Fryer is a left then. I don't know. There's. And I, I, don't, have, I don't want to say Luke's ahead of anybody or not. I just know that coming in, they're real. They're real they're high really, on him really, coming in. They're really high year. on him. I mean, I, I like what I see from him. It's just, you know, we've always, I mean, that's always been the one thing. It's like, I actually, I mean, there's part of me that will, I, I think I can make a better argument that it's easier to start as a freshman quarterback than it is to start as a freshman offensive lineman. And, yeah. that, and, you know, and that's not, in, that's a very hard position too, but I mean, you can really dumb down an offense to help a freshman quarterback even out, especially one that you would assume that would have a lot of raw talent. You know, I mean, you think about back when Braxton Miller played, you know, I mean, he was a true freshman and he just had a lot of raw talent. Not much was really expected out of him for that year because, you know, and there was other things obviously going on with the coaching and stuff like that. But like, you know, it's just like go out there and just be the dude. Well, I mean, I mean, think about your their receivers and their running backs like they could absolutely make it a very simplest simplistic offense for a quarterback to be able to navigate through that. And, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to run wide receiver options and the quarter, it doesn't have to be that difficult. You know, you could call just a play like, Hey, this is where you're running to not, Hey, you know, if this guy is lined up there. You do that. If he's lined up there, you do that. It's just, Hey, this is where all your guys are running. So no. You you don't have to make it that complicated, especially with the talent you have in those skill positions. And then when you think about it, then yeah, on the offensive line, you know, there's just a lot there's a lot of things that go into blocking back. But, but there's nothing like you that. can do to change that. You always yeah. you always gotta account for what the guy across from you is doing and how you're gonna get and to him. We've always, you know, we've and we've talked about this a lot of times, you know, when we were last year or the year before that, you know, offensive linemen, it's like you, you, it's a hive mind and you gotta, yeah, all five of them have to be on the same page yeah. or it just doesn't work. And so, you know, and that's just the difficulty of having a freshman. Now, Luke Montgomery is going to have the body. Um, obviously he's not going to be fully up to where he needs to be. When you think about 
with Mick and stuff like that because he will probably need another full year yeah. of in the program before any of that's thought of. But he definitely has the body, he has the skill ability to do it. It's just, you know, the mental stuff that comes with the position that, mm-hmm. you know, it's just there's a lot going on. And I just that will be the interesting thing. So I think he's he's third. You know, possibly he's going to get looks at it. Um, yeah. So I don't know if he if he comes out taking, like if he ends up coming out and taking the position. I hope it's that the dude is just the next Orlando Pace, and he came out and took the position. Not that the other two, you know, mm. just were not up to the challenge because you know that is a situation. If Luke Montgomery ends up being the starter, that it's either unbelievably awesome or unbelievably scary. And, you know, and there's no like middle ground to that. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember why can't I think of his name? The um, shoot. And I I don't, I'm not looking it up right now. Lyman, they got last year though. He's from Wisconsin. I don't know why I can't think of his name, but he played center Uh, too. A little bit. I I mean, it was wishbone. So it's it's a little bit different than what Ohio state's going to run at him. But yeah, he, he played center. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can't think of his name either, but yeah. And, you know, like I said, I think there's some mixes and stuff where the, you know, the interior line where I think that they'll be fine there, you know, knowing that you have your two or your three back and those are big, uh, big, big players on this offensive line. And now both have one has a crap ton of experience and the other one has a lot of experience now. Um, that I think that, uh, you know, they're fine there as long as they can find whether it's Matt Jones being center or somebody else being center, as long as they can find the perfect third person, the parent to that, I think they're fine in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's going to be on the outside to see if they're ready. Um, you know, with that, um, you know, receivers, I don't really want to spend a lot of time on receivers. I think we, you know, obviously, you know, Marv jr. And Abuka are your, the big two coming back, uh, um, Fleming's coming back too, correct? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so all your starters are back basically. And, um, my, my one thing is I want to know who can be a fourth threat, just man up on a cornerback. And I, th- like, I, I think Xavier Johnson's your fourth receiver because he's proven himself, but I don't Xavier Johnson's the, He's a guy that you kind of, you got to dial up a play for him, get him into space, make something happen, or you kind of use him in a way that, you know, like he releases behind the defense and he's kind of there like he did against Georgia, like he did against Notre Dame. I want someone though, that can legitimately line up on the outside, beat a cornerback off the ball that you can use in case someone gets hurt or someone needs a break. I think this is where we're going to like when you're talking about Luke Montgomery and stuff like this, this is where I actually think um, the true freshman, a couple of the true freshmen, right? Max actually make a splash, which becomes interesting because, you know, when we're talking about possibly, you know, there is going to be some movement out of the program once springs open. Yeah. And I think probably where a lot of that movement's going to end up happening is probably at least offensively is going to probably be in the receiver room because you know, and possibly one of the guys out of the running back room. Um, but, you know, if Ennis or Tate, if they end up becoming, or, you know, Rogers, if they end up becoming that, uh, you know, 
if one of those four end up becoming, you know, passing Ballard, you know, is Ballard, does he decide uh, he wants to look somewhere else? I mean, that's a possibility, you know, a lot of the guys last year that didn't get any time on the field, you know, if one of these guys come in, you know, there's been a lot of praise right now about Carnell Tate. Let's just throw Carnell Tate out there. If, yeah. uh, you know, there's things that they could do with a Buka. Like, like, you know, if Carnell Tate, they feel like is a better outside wide receiver, you know, Emeka can play slot. Yeah. Uh, like, so they could be like, okay, we can, when Carnell comes out into the field as our fourth guy, you know, we can move a, back a, a Mecca into the middle of the field and, you know, not really, you know, lose anything on that. So that, that there's going to be some interesting things. And, you know, that was kind of one thing we were missing a lot last year. And, you know, I thought that would be perfect opportunities for Ballard is just that, and we could really have used the guy maybe with, you know, a burner speed to head down the field, uh, you know, maybe it ends up being one of these freshmen this year. And, you know, that could be a very inner, they have an opportunity, the guys that are there and are all four of them there. I can't remember. No, en- Ennis isn't there. Ennis, Ennis is the one that's not there. Yeah, so Ennis can't the get there until June. You know, this could be a big opportunity for one of them to really step up and uh, kind of grab it by the horns, you know, per se. And, that would be really interesting how that goes. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of fanfare behind this group wide receivers. And, you know, so you have kind of a group wide receivers from last year that weren't a bad group on paper, but they didn't really get an opportunity this year. And, you know, and, you know, with Ballard there, but at times it seems like, you know, obviously Xavier was kind of the guy that got thrown in in front of him at different times Mm -hmm. when you would thought, those would have been opportunities for him. Um, so that really makes some of that. That would be interesting to see how some of that goes. And cause I definitely think there's definitely room there that there could be a lot of move. There could be movement out of the program. Obviously a lot of those guys are very talented and, you know, a lot of teams around the country would love to have any of those guys. If, uh, you know, if one of those freshmen really light up the room and possibly steal a position out of spring. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. So that that's just what I'm interested in. Who's going to step up as that next guy off the bench. Cause I don't think we know Harline Harline needs to be able to trust that you're a high level guy to be able to get on the field for him. So I, I don't know if there's, you know, three guys that could step up, <coughs> excuse me, the next three off the bench, but there's definitely one that can, you know, we're missing one guy that can step up as a receiver when we need them. Um, <clears throat> tight end class, tight end room. I, I mean, Keenan Bailey, you know, it's his first year, but he worked, he's worked with Heartline, you know, extensively over the years. He worked with the line last year. So I think he has a good feel for what a tight end coach, you know, needs to do, needs to teach. I mean, I guess the guy is a hell of a recruiter. He's um real serious, real dedicated guy that, He's going to work his ass off to understand the position. So I think that's a good thing. Um, you got, you know, Cade back. Of course, what? You lose Mitch Rossi. That's all that's not coming yeah. back, which Mitch, I mean, Mitch always stepped up. So I'm not. That, hey, that's, I, uh, Mitch, Mitch was a. That's not a I mean, he was light a very, loss. I mean, Mitch was a big 
he was a big deal in that second half of that, you know, Georgia game. He was, uh, yeah, you know, he was, uh, they really needed him and he really did step up in a lot of ways against Georgia. Um, kind of played out of his mind in a lot of ways when you think of, I think one of the guys to really be interesting looking at here is kind of G Scott. Like, you know, there's a lot of talk about it. It's Thurman, right? Jelani Thurman. Yeah. There's a lot of talks right now that he's really looking good so far. You know, obviously he's got a, a lot of abilities coming in, you know, Mm. on paper. You got Royer back. You got Cade back. You know, so you got what Bennett Christian, um, Sam Hart. Yeah, you got those guys. You know, the, the lasting impression. You know, you don't know how much on some of the coaches' pines for G is that. You know, is that is he starting out in the doghouse a little bit? And you know, so that's interesting. I mean. Like, not- and- not only that, I mean, G, the thing right now is G's a converted wide receiver. He's never going to get to be a tight end size. Could he possibly, could he fill in for Mitch Rossi, though? Could he be a fullback in the offense? I mean, 6'3 is kind of a big fullback, but I mean, what, these are just names we're using in today's football. I mean, what what does it really mean anyways? But, you know, you said earlier about Dewan Jones, you can't teach 6'8". Well, Jelani Thurman's probably 6'5", 6'6". Like, G. Scott's never going to be 6'6". It's yeah. just, so what, what G wanted to be, that Kyle Pitts type of guy, you know, Ohio State recruited one. And he physically, you know, is he ready to start right away? Maybe, maybe not. Is he ready to block in the Big Ten? Maybe, maybe not. But I just, G's always going to be, you know, a smaller tight end because he's a wide receiver. But there's ways that they've shown that they've made the offense work for all different types of body types, all different types of skill type tight ends before. So I think he'll be fine. I just like kind of where you're coming from is I don't, I don't know where he's at in the depth chart. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I think that, you know, obviously, you know, even though he tailed off a little bit as the year went on last year, I mean, Cade was, uh, I mean, he was a real kind of, uh, I don't know if I want to use the word surprise. It was just that he's bounced around so much that I, I don't think any of us were really expecting that. I for mean, yeah, I, I would use surprise for that. A pleasant surprise for Cade. And so, I mean, he's, he's the man coming back, you know, he's the, he's the starter, um, you know, is where's Royer at? Is he ready to take his kind of next step? I mean, he looked like he was last spring and, you know, and then, like you said, you got some of these other, the younger guys too. And there, and then, you know, and I know it's, it was one, it's one boo-boo, but it's a bad boo-boo and you don't want to, keep on possibly throwing it at somebody even like, but you know, he got put in the doghouse because of the, the yeah. Michigan game. So, you know, and you know what happens you get, when you get put into a doghouse, you know, sometimes people pass you up yeah. and, uh, you know, and so that could be a very interesting thing. So that that's kind of interesting. He could be another one that you don't know if he ends up, if he's still with the team at the end of spring, because he, he might, decide that it's time that, you know, to move on. And I necessarily, if, if some of these other guys look like he's in there in front of them, I wouldn't necessarily blame him if that's the decision on it. Yeah. You know, it's, 
It's about going to the next level and you got to play if you get to that, mm-hmm. you know, especially in a position where, uh, you know, you might be able to a receiver on this team or a running back that does some things, but doesn't necessarily get in the spotlight. I think Ohio state carries a lot of reputation with a lot of those positions. So it's like, you know, you might get a shot as a, a Mitch Roy or whatever to get drafted into the NFL because you're, you're, I mean, not necessarily <laughs> Mitch, but Mitch, not, Mitch Rossi. Yeah. And, uh, um, or you think about one of these like receivers, if it's a, you know, like a Fleming, I, I think Ohio state has showed enough over the last several years with receivers that, you know, Fleming, you know, he hasn't really done a lot, but he might get a shot to actually get drafted in the NFL somewhere just because, you know, their reputation kind of precedes them now where, you know, the tight and end I, position, I know not to cut you off, but I, I know it's predated heartline, but uh, Noah Brown is still signing NFL checks. Yeah. So like, like I said, they're still cashing them. I should say the reputation still precedes them in a lot of ways with those, the type of players. So, but they haven't really had that in a tight end in a long time. So you like, I don't know if uh, a G Scott that, you know, only gets to play a couple times a game and where an NFL team will just be like, well, you know what? Ohio state's never let us down with tight ends before coming to the league. So, you know, he's going to be on our board just yeah. because we know that he's a talented player, you know? So I think that's something to look at too, that he might have to, you know, if he kind of gets passed up here, he might just be like, Hey, uh, it's time to go and see if I can get on somewhere else. Yeah. 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 That's rough. Lose a guy in their fourth year like that, if that happens, but tis the nature of the business i mean thankfully you know i know it can be frustrating for everyone but guys like that should have an option that you know hey i gotta go somewhere to get film on tape to be able to play at the next level so thankful that that option's there for him hopefully it doesn't come to that hopefully he can carve out a spot on this you know on the team and a lot of playing time um, running back room. I think this one's going to be really interesting just because you got a ton of injuries and you got a ton of bodies there. Um, I don't know who's going to be there. Like you got to figure Hayden's going to be there and probably, uh, I mean, uh, chip Lions going to be there in chips back <laughs> like, and chip. Know. I mean, yeah, chip was a running back before. So now he's probably going to cut some weight that he gained to be a linebacker. And the guy's just going to be more chiseled out of stone. I mean, who, <laughs> if that was even possible, I think the interesting thing here is going to be prior. It's just going to be like, you know, you know, Travion's not going anywhere. You know, oh, Mayans ain't going not. anywhere. Um, Dallin, you know, he's got a lot of praise from last year. He stepped up in a big way. So, you know, he's going to be very high on a lot of the coaches minds because, you know, he, he performed when he was needed to needed to perform last year as a true freshman. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, again, one of those situations where, no fault to prior, but sometimes, you know, injuries kind of throw you behind the, you know, people kind of pass you up. So I kind of will be, even though there's ways to use him because, uh, you know, he does leave, especially with catching the ball out of the backfield and his speed, there's just stuff that you can't teach there, but you know, I don't know if he might decide that he's just, he's kind of like my guy that I'm just got kind of circled be like, he just kind of feels like the odd piece right now that I'm just thinking that, you know, 
that room might just be a little too big right now. And he might be the one I'm just, he's guy. He's the guy that I'm sky got personally circled that I could see leaving. If, uh, if push came to shove, man, his skill sets impressive, but after a couple injuries, you know, things slow you down, but yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right in your thinking. Um, just hopefully you get them all to stay cause they all could do something. Yeah. Yeah, and as you saw this past year, <laughs> you need the you, depth, man. You really need the depth because, I mean, I would have loved to have, uh, I don't know why they didn't try to run Hayden more in the, and it seemed like in the second half of the Georgia game, there was opportunities to run the ball more. It seemed like they were actually doing okay against Georgia running the ball. Um, and, you know, he kind of, and then, of course, the Michigan game is still kind of befuddling to me because, like, it was befuddling to me that they didn't really give Hayden any opportunities. And then it was befuddling to me that Chip was actually running the ball good. And then, and then they kind of just of, took the ball off they, his hands. And then they went away from him. So, like, yeah. you know, obviously, yeah, depth is needed at the position. We saw that this year more than anything that, you know, basically your top three guys are all out. And, you know, they needed, you know, they needed the chips of the world and the Dallin Hayden's of the world. Yeah. Trust your guys. I mean, that's yeah, but that was, that was definitely a rough, rough year for uh running back health this past 22 season. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to hit on or no, I good? think that that's a good little breakdown of the offense. So we'll come back next week. Um, We'll talk, you know, defense. We'll talk combine results. Uh, probably before Ohio State even tips off for the Big Ten ch- or tournament, but yeah, because what they're gonna play next Wednesday. Yeah, I mean that's hopefully they. <laughs> I mean they're gonna be the first round because they're yeah. they're that bad, but that'll be interesting. Hopefully that Illinois right. game woke something up. Maybe a sleeping yeah. giant has emerged. It'll be interesting to see, uh, which we'll probably come talk about uh, how they finish because I could have a, you know, it seems like there's a lot of, there's, there's a loud minority within the fan base about removing Holtman. And so, uh, and that minority seems like it grows every week and you know how those things have those, all that stuff has a mind of its own. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I know the, it's the same thing about NFL general managers and NFL owners, athletic directors like to pretend like they don't hear people, but they do hear people. And, uh, right. That, and when things get loud and big time boosters start complaining and things happen, you know, yeah. Ohio state's not, per se a basketball school, but you're the basically top three richest athletic departments in the country. So that's not, it's not an excuse to be bad at basketball neither. And so that, that's, that will be interesting over the next couple of weeks because uh, I'm not, I'm not saying get rid of them or not. I think they should, uh, they should give him one more season. That's uh, kind of where I'm falling with that. I think he's done enough over his career. I still think Buckeye fans that are crazy that, uh, that get into this Thad versus Holtman argument that somehow like Thad Mata's judged completely on his last two seasons being like, do you remember anything he did prior to that? <laughs> right. <laughs> so like some of that stuff frustrates me when I hear some of the, the Buckeye fans that are, 
real big time behind Holton and say that. Um, but no, I'm not, I'm not saying that they should fire him. Uh, like I said, I think they should give him enough, another season. I think he uh, has done enough to earn that. Um, but like I said, these things have a mind of their own. And if uh, they don't finish out the season strong and then they get bounced and that, uh, you know, you're not expecting them to be playing on Wednesday. Um, and yeah, that, and you, I mean, they've looked really bad coming down to different parts of the stretch, you know, Hey, they're on a one game winning streak. Yeah. So hopefully, and hopefully that hopefully they can get a little bit of winning streak here and, uh, maybe make a little bit of a splash in the tournament the big 10 tournament. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you gotta win it. <laughs> make, make people, I mean, I don't know if they're going to win it or not. So I, but Maybe if they could get a couple wins behind them, maybe that would at least makes people in the program feel better that, you know, okay, we can at least give him next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I see where you're coming from there. Like, you know, I, I don't want, you know, I don't want to turn over a bunch of stuff right now. You know, they got a good class coming in. Um, so, but, but you like can't I always, said, you can't always use that as an excuse to keep someone around either. So I know because, it's still Ohio state. You expect them. They should be able to, they're not going to be bringing in where in football, they bring in Kentucky talent on the football. So you're not expecting Kentucky and Duke talent out of them and basketball, but you're expecting good basketball players that, you know, are going to make them a competitive basketball team. And they should be in the top five every year in the big 10. Yeah. I I don't think that's, I don't think that's a crazy you know, expectation of the program. You like, it's not, it's not crazy to expect that Ohio state should make almost every sweet 16. Like, like, and then, you know, then you, after that you get lucky and as if you can get to the elite eight into the final four. But like, I think that, you know, they are a big enough program that, you know, that shouldn't be, uh, you know, that shouldn't be a hard goal for them to be able to accomplish. No, I, I agree. Alrighty, let's get on out of here. All right. Well, thank you everyone for stopping in tonight to the Buckeye Bar. I'm John. And I'm Mike. OH. IO.